Hello and welcome to the Hitchhiker's Guide to IT podcast series with special guest Chaitra Vedalupali. Today we're talking about navigating the digital transformation of ESG with AI. And I want to introduce you to our guest today. Chaitra Vedalupali is the co-founder and president of Women in Cloud and co-founder and CMO of Mela. Chaitra is a purpose-driven, strategic, high-growth leader that seamlessly bridges business and technology to globally scale companies and drive digital economic development. In her 26 years in tech, Chaitra has driven billion-dollar expansions for both Microsoft and Oracle, has been recognized with the Forbes 1000 Next Entrepreneur title, Microsoft Women's Leadership Award. Her mission is to generate $1 billion in new set economic access for women entrepreneurs and professionals by 2030 through global partnerships with corporations, community leaders, and policy makers. Please help me welcome Chaitra Vedalapali. Thank you so much for being here with Chaitra. Thank you, Michelle. That the introduction was fabulous. I'm going to take you with me everywhere. That was beautiful. <laughs> I would love to go because you have been speaking on some pretty big stages, Chaitra. So we kind of heard the resume-ish version of who Chaitra is, but I'm really curious to know about you as a person before we kind of get into this, because I think that's really going to go hand in hand with what we're about to talk about, your passion and your heart for what you do. So Tell us, what kind of value do you bring to the companies and the people that you are connected with from a professional standpoint? Sure, Michelle. So when you ask my ecosystem, they will describe me. I'm a very curious human being, uh, and I'm always curious about something new and want to explore and experiment um, in a place where things are stagnant or there's a better way of doing things because I think it comes from my engineering background. Uh, I'm also a collector of frameworks. So they always say there's some framework, uh, uh, you know, shared with people of how to really look at a specific challenge or, or solving a challenge. So you probably will hear some framework as I'm going to describe or have a conversation today. And third is I'm a curator of amazing people to come together to really solve global uh, challenges and uh, work on global problems that can really make the world a better place. That's why I'm very fascinated and uh, intrigued by the work that's happening in the ESG ecosystem and also leveraging the tech and the AI components uh, and how that transformation is happening in, uh, in a company where ESG is becoming one of the core fabric for transformation. Yeah. And we are going to talk a lot about that. So the title, as I said in the beginning of the podcast, navigating the digital transformation of ESG with AI. So we've heard about ESG. What does it really mean? And do we need to care about it? Absolutely. It's a three letter word. Uh, which is making waves and really shaking up all the boards and the presidents and the CEOs in the uh, in the corporate ecosystem. And ESG stands for environmental, social, and governance, and commonly known as ESG. And it's a movement for transforming the way the business operate and make decision. Uh, it also represents a comprehensive approach in evaluating the company's sustainability and ethical impact in the world. 
And also it uh, involves considering how company manages its environmental footprint, uh, engages with the community, especially how they take care of the people and uphold higher standards of corporate governance. So when you sum it up, it's really looking at the people's uh, you know, health, uh, the planet health, and also the profit, the company health, all of them coming together in a holistic approach. And ESG is the framework to do so. So we're hearing about a lot of bright spots with ESG, but we all know that there is no perfect solution for anything. So let's talk about that for a moment. What are the dilemmas that executives are facing with ESG sustainability solutions? Uh, what a great question, uh, Michelle. Uh, right now, I think if you uh, sit in a seat of a CEO uh, or a president of the company, I think there's just a lot of uh, pressures, external pressures that are happening and also internal pressures within the company. So some of the biggest dilemmas that we are looking at is uh, the AI emergence that's happening because it's changing the way you do work and uh, especially the co-pilots that are coming. How do you look at it? The second one is coming out of the recession. Um, how do we or how do we come out of the recession? Because we still are in the middle of like a double recession. So a lot of budget constraints, a lot of tightness in how you navigate. Uh, and uh, you have to do more work for less people. So it's like do more for less kind of campaign that we see. Uh, the external one is the political landscape that is changing. The policies are changing. And uh, with war uh, looming around in multiple parts of the world, that also puts a lot of pressures on the global companies of how they operate and how they take care of their people. And then coming around the stakeholder pressure, which is the supplier diversity, the governance, the policies, it's just a lot for any of the executive to navigate along with the publicity and the PR pressure that's coming because nobody has an answer because we are in the midst of transformation as a, uh, um, I would say, ecosystem, along with um, what is happening for people within the company and especially the planet also needs really love and care from every company. So there's just a lot of things and they are navigating and there's no framework and there's no tools that are available for execs to navigate. So they're feeling a lot of pressure at this point, how to really find the right solution at the right time. And as you kind of pointed out, because there's there's so many factors, of course, in play, but nobody really has a perfect solution. Nobody really knows exactly how to do things because we're learning all together because everything is so new. There's not a handbook that tells us this is exactly how you get to this point and next point. So with the emergence of AI, because it really is just affecting everything professionally and personally, but how is it changing the landscape for adoption of sustainability solutions? I think uh, when we look at AI, let's look at kind of how we as a leaders have to look at the world, right? Because we will see a lot of these pressures come in. We have a lot of dilemmas we are navigating. I think at the end of the day, it's kind of having the adaptability mindset or being adaptable and navigating it. So really we have uh, increasing the leadership capacity of how you navigate the current terrain. And you all, we and you all have to come together and say, how do we develop our mental capacity to navigate the world we are in? Now, coming to the emergence of AI, that is what will put the immediate pressure within any company because 
um, you want your employees and your partners and your customers to have a fantastic experience working with you. And as you're building this technology, you also have to be sustainable. So some of the things that we are seeing the adoption of the AI is really thinking about co-pilot innovation. So if you have a business operation role, what does a co-pilot looks like for a business operation? So the employees are focused on strategic work and the manual work is automated for them to be successful. So it's really thinking about that particular role automation, um, making sure that you're not letting go of the employees, but really looking at how do you take the pressure because at this point in, uh, I would say, the time, we are seeing more and more employees are asked to do more with very less resources. So the AI co-pilots would be very valuable. The second thing is the workflow automation. Uh, we are moving from, you know, uh, from the on-prem to cloud, cloud to AI. A lot of the workflow is also changing because of the external factors of what the uh, customers are asking for. So a lot of automation will happen. So putting a lot of uh, effort in looking at how AI can automate that workflow so that it makes the life of the role a little bit more easier or a group of people in within multiple organization that they can accomplish the work very quickly through the automation. When you think about the AI policies in the recruitment uh, processes, you want to ensure that the biases are not introduced. And that means is, for example, if women are applying for that role because of a bias uh, in the AI, uh, and in the workflow, they are not eliminated for those roles. Or it can be veterans, it can be uh, African-American community, or it can be South Asian community. It's a lot of those biases have to be addressed and it requires a lot of governance. So as a CEO of a company or executives of the company, you have to establish that governance infrastructure in place and you are working collectively to ensure those policies are built and the technologies are supporting those policies rather than the other way around. Uh, and it will make a big difference uh, in uh, adopting AI, which can be more sustainable. I want to take a look at leadership for a moment or two and how that plays into what we are talking about. With customer buying solutions through marketplaces, how do tech companies prepare for this? And then how will it impact their sales and marketing teams? Wow, this is this is a big one, Michelle. <laughs> and I, I can tell you, like, this is changing the way customers are buying. Um, if you remember, to, I would say 20 years ago when Amazon was introduced for consumers, everyone appreciated that um, uh, experience because it's one button and you can get that product right in front of your door and the convenience. So it took time for the tech world to figure out how do you distribute these SaaS solutions to the customer. But during the COVID, what happened was all the enterprise customers and mid-sized customers, everyone started to buying solution. At that time, there was a lot of friction in the procurement process. So what happened was hyperscalers like Microsoft, Google, and Amazon, they all came and they built their own marketplaces for the channel so the customers can buy directly through these uh, channel partners through the marketplace. So now 
We are seeing billions of dollars are flowing through the marketplace. That means every company needs to know how to leverage this new sales route, which is a marketplace engine to really put their offers in there and ensure that um, the customers can buy from there. So you can remove that procurement friction and your salespeople are really working with them to delight them and provide them the answers that they are looking for. So when you look at marketplace, if you as a tech leader have to really start putting more emphasis because a lot of the policies are changing, the way customers are buying is changing. So by the time you look at five years from now, I would say 60% of the tech buying will happen through the marketplace and you need to be there. You need to transform that. And again, it requires a mindset to believe in that direction and all come together as a collective within the company and put in the right discipline and a practice to do that. Otherwise, you will start losing your sales and your marketing team will not be able to support you uh, in the direction where the market is heading. And as you talk about that, Amazon, I may or may not have one or two packages waiting for me right now on the doorstep. So <laughs> definitely changed all of our lives. So what are some of the ways that leaders are navigating the chaos that is in the market today? And then an important follow-up to that, how do you become an adaptable leader? Because I think if anything we've seen with technology, it's always changing, it's always adapting, and therefore we need to adapt along with it. Fantastic. Um, recently, I published, uh, Forbes published an article on um, executive gravitas, which said is like seven pivotal strategies to develop executive gravitas. And I was able to add value to it. And one of the things that you have to really have the skills to manage the chaos is having uh, skills to build trust with people. That's very important because right now, the trust building skills is kind of not in the forefront of every leader. They want to go fast. They want to go quick. But trust building takes time. So that's the piece. Now, once you get the trust building, then is being adaptable. This is like having open mind and being curious about the environment. So when you think about uh, any situation, being curious, leaning in and understanding multiple options and really thinking from a role as a diplomat addressing that particular issue and then finding a solution that works for everyone. It cannot be me versus you. It should be a V mindset coming there and looking at every challenge, every uh, dilemma that you go through, you have to look at and say, what does a collective would need and how do we work as a collective to navigate? That means you have to be extremely open-minded and you have to let go of the control because you need to bring the collective power to come there. Um, my dad was in army, so I got to learn a lot from him. And he used to always say is when you are in the war, there's only two options, do or die. And there's no other option. If you don't do the things that you need to do, either you are, you know, you're, you're hit by a bullet or you actually won the war. So depending upon, and that's the climate we are in, every situation will feel like you're, you're heading into a space where it is very difficult. It is very complex. It's 
extremely high struggle to kind of get everybody on the same page. So one first is to build the trust with the people. And second is being adaptable in bringing everyone together to approach and land um, um, any of the initiatives in the market effectively. And I want to magnify a key component here with all of this. We're talking about technology and it's fantastic and AI and all of these different things that we didn't have 20, 30 years ago, even 10 years ago or five years ago. I mean, even yesterday, there, there are changes that have happened just in the course of the last 24 hours and continue to do that. But the human aspect is so important because as we get better and better with technology, we still need the people behind the working technology. So I want to talk about that. How can tech companies support women, underserved communities, you know, people that really are so beneficial to what we're talking about so they feel engaged and supported? When we look at uh, driving the representation and inclusion within any company, the leader has to look at few things is what does it take for the company to stand out as a very strong brand in the ecosystem. At that time, you have to look at equal opportunities and also equity with the same lens in it. What we have seen companies who are working with the community where they are supporting women uh, development, especially leadership development and technical development makes a huge difference. As a president of Women in Cloud, when we are working with a fortune brands, here is something that we have seen is when you provide uh, opportunities for uh, women workforce within your company, especially around the tech and leadership readiness, especially around the executive gravitas and presence and helping them think bigger and have an opportunity for them to work on larger initiatives. They are very happy. They are ready to work with. Uh, they are very uh, eager to contribute into the ecosystem. The second thing is providing the um, opportunity for mentoring and advisory for in the external ecosystem, not just the internal, but the external ecosystem. So working with the community has made a big difference. So that is what women are looking for is how do I go speak and have a voice represented within the ecosystem? How can I mentor a founder or how can I mentor a woman who's entering the workforce? Advisory something is how do I advise on uh, AI policies? How can I influence policies? How can I meet with policymakers to really influence the changes that we love to see? Those are the ways the tech company can truly provide these opportunities for women to be actively participating. And the third one is providing the right support, uh, uh, support for women from a policy standpoint. That can be is working from home policies. It can be healthcare policies, especially women who are um, in the later stage of their life. They go through much more health challenges because they are going through a transition, providing them the right uh, solutions so that they can still contribute and they are also well taken care of during that time. A security policies, if they're working late night, do we have the right security policies in place? So it's just a lot of right policies to ensure that women are treated as an ecosystem, uh, not as an object, but as a human being, that they are adding value and you're also adding value for them to contribute 100% um, 
for the company. So that's kind of, I would say it's a leader's mindset that needs to be implemented. Um, they have to serve that ecosystem well. They have to influence their policies and they have to partner with the right ERG communities within the company to really create opportunities for them. I can't believe we are almost out of time. I feel like we could talk a few hours about all of this, but any final thoughts as we kind of wrap up here, Chaitra? Well, that it definitely went fast. So as a leader to leader, here is kind of a couple of uh, um, insights and perspectives I can share is take a moment to understand the ESG ecosystem and really try to spend time with your CEO and their uh, leadership team understanding how they are navigating the new world and how they are trying to balance and uh, um, understand how to really incorporate ESG principles within their day-to-day -day execution. It's very important for you to understand the policies and the metrics and the impact that they want to achieve. So that's one is to be curious about it. The second one is uh, curate the set of people who you can work with and who can really develop the innovation that can help with sustainability practices within the company. So you're proactively building those innovations rather than waiting for the CEO or the leaders to kind of tell you what you need to do. And third is collaborate with the communities uh, to really develop your right go-to-market strategy for brand building, for talent recruitment, for talent nurturing. You can really leverage the community to do it. And I would love to invite each one of you to be part of the Women in Cloud ecosystem. We are doing a Guinness World Record attempt to set a new record in 2024 to create the most number of vision boards as a collective community. And you get to do it with us and we can do it with you. So we can really build a beautiful vision for the world and we collectively can accomplish it. Chaitra, if people have questions or want to learn more information, as I'm sure they might want to, where can they go? Any resources you have or places you can send them? Absolutely, Michelle. Uh, they can go to um, learn about Women in Cloud uh, at the web address womenincloud.com to keep updates on what's happening, what we are working on, so you can participate. Uh, you can actually sign up for the newsletter on LinkedIn for Women in Cloud. So you can go and like the Women in Cloud LinkedIn uh, page. And uh, you can always send an uh, email to our community through the website. If there is a specific resource you need, we are always there to support you. Chaitra Vedalupali, the co-founder and president of Women in Cloud and co-founder and CMO of Mela. Chaitra, thank you so much. Really enjoyed this conversation. I'm sure everybody out there did as well. So appreciate your time and being here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It was my pleasure. I want to thank you for listening and tuning in to the Hitchhiker's Guide to IT podcast series. Today, we're talking about navigating the digital transformation of ESG with AI. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast to hear more engaging conversations like the one you heard today. Thank you again for joining us. I'm your host, Michelle Dawn Mooney. We hope to connect with you on another podcast soon.